Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Hello and welcome to another episode of Idleman Unplugged. This episode features a special interview of Pastor Shane on the program Faith and Culture of the CBN News Network. We hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. I hunger and thirst for your righteousness and it's only found well, hello and welcome to this episode of Faith versus Culture right here on the CBN News Channel. My name is Dan Andros. I'm the managing editor of CBN's FaithWire.com. Joined, as always, by Billy Hallowell, also of CBN's FaithWire. Billy, what's going on? I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, I mean, uh, coming off our conversation last week, you know, talking about how we engage as Christians and um, watching that influence on politics, not letting it overtake our life, but still remaining engaged. I think this is a little bit of an extension of that conversation today, Billy, where we're talking about how can we be bold, but still reflect the gospel? Because there's another side of that, that if you don't have that in there, that could be, that could lead to a problem. Yeah. It, it's sort of that balance between boldness and brokenness. And I think that word brokenness sometimes gets a bad rap, but really understanding what does it mean to be broken, right? And as we come before Christ, what does that look like? And so we're going to have a guest on today here. We're going to welcome him here right now. It's Pastor Shane Eidelman. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's great to be on again with you guys. Great topic, well, you- too, by the way. Well, it is. And it's a topic you raised because recently you were giving a speech and you made some comments. You were on a panel at the end of this panel where you were talking about this very issue. And you said something that I want to start with. You said boldness is directly related to the filling of the Holy Spirit. What did you mean by that? Well, it, you know, in this day and age, we're seeing in the church, at least from my perspective, is there's not a lot of boldness. There's not a lot of confronting political issues, which are really biblical issues. So we're lacking that boldness. But then on the other hand, there's a lot of arrogant tirades. You know, we're angry and we're going to let you know. We've got the memes on Facebook and the Instagram posts and the Twitters. And and we're, man, we're just, and when Cheney uh, lost her position, so many people just like throwing her in the trash and all these fake, it's it just this, this, oh, I don't know if that's the right guys. I know you're bold, but are you broken? And then we have the the don't say anything, don't stir the pot side, which isn't really biblical either. And so finding that balance, especially as pastors, to have that boldness and that brokenness, and that only comes as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So my time spent with God, broken and humble in the prayer closet and wanting to lead the church, wanting to speak out on political issues or biblical issues. And, and, and from that reservoir of time spent with God, it fills out. Boldness, well, the boldness is the number one characteristic of somebody filled with the Spirit, believe it or not. You know, we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, but throughout the old, the New Testament and the new church, you would see boldness, boldness to lovingly confront, boldness to lovingly challenge. You see what's happening with the perversion to our children in the drag queen hour or uh, the certain uh, curriculum and what's going on in our nation. There's a, there's a righteous indignation. There's a boldness that just, it, you have to say something. 
Uh, but if you don't balance that with brokenness and humility, it will come across as arrogance and like angry tirades. And uh, you might win the argument, but you lose the war. And as I often say, the truth will offend, but my attitude shouldn't. That's the that's the hard spot right there to, to find that balance. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, the truth will offend. And I think to your to your point about the arrogant tirades, I mean, I think you can address these things and sort of let the ridiculousness of it speak for itself. I mean, exactly. I was saying the other day um, that some of these issues, like you mentioned the drag queen sh shows that people are doing, parents are taking to them and cheering. I mean, these things, men can get pregnant, these sorts of obvious things that are obviously not true. Um, they should speak for themselves, but I don't think that we've thought about because we haven't had to. How do you explain something to somebody that should be self-evident? Something very obvious that no, men cannot get pregnant. The stuff we're seeing is so out there that people almost don't know how to react. Well, and that's why the church's voice is so critical because it's so shocking, so alarming. And I've always said that silence speaks volumes. So this is how I believe a lot of this has been able to push in the silent pulpit. And, you know, we're not going to offend. We're not going to confront. Let's just let's just hope it all goes away. And if you tell a lie long enough, they begin to believe it. So that men can become pregnant is one of the most absurd things I think I've ever heard in all of my life. And so. But if you back down and don't say anything, people can start to be, they're swayed. Well, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm judgmental. Maybe a person where you, you can say, Hey, from a biblical perspective, and I'm telling you this from the brokenness of my heart, from, from time in the prayer closet, gentle yet very firm. Leonard Ravenhill used to say, you need to weep before you whip. And that is so important. Jesus would weep over Jerusalem before he drove out the money changers. So if it comes from a broken heart, and the reason why this is so important, when you're moved by the power of the Holy Spirit, when you're broken, when you're humble, when you're bold, then God can move in that. God can change the hearts. God can shape the direction. God can can get the legislation to listen. But if you come in with arrogance and arrogant tide ray, God says, I will resist the proud, but I'll give grace to the humble. And so that's why we've got it. We've got to get back to that balance of, of brokenness and boldness. You know, it's, it's interesting because we've got cancel culture. We have all this stuff going on where normal people, not just Christians, normal people are afraid to speak truth because if they say anything wrong, if they make a mistake, there's no room for any sort of error in this culture. They're going to come after you. They're going to try to knock you down and they're going to try to destroy you. Right. So that factor mixed with a number of other things, the divisiveness, the chaos that I think is exhausting a lot of people. You have a lot of people in the church and, you, and you've alluded to this here in this conversation, but I want to dig into it a little more who are saying, you know what? I don't want to speak at all. I'm not political. I care about the gospel. In fact, you talked about this in that speech and this line caught my eye. You said, when people say I'm not political, I'm just about the gospel. I'm unapologetically going to tell you they're cowards hiding behind that statement. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, I'd love to. And it's meant it, the shock value is that's my point is to shock and wake up because what I've noticed over the years, those who are soft in political issues that are really biblical issues, they're also soft on gospel issues. They're not going to talk about repentance or the blood of Christ, your favorite guy on YouTube, your favorite guy on TV. You're not going to be hearing about the judgment of God, the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, the blood of Christ, these foundational aspects of the Christian faith. And so that's a smoke screen. Oh, I don't, I don't talk about things that are political. Well, 
the Bible talks about abortion. The Bible talks about transgenderism. The Bible talks about LGBTQ issues. The Bible is crystal clear on these issues. So if we're cowarding back from those issues and we're saying, I'm just got, I'm just about the gospel. It's really hiding our cowardliness. It's, it's the way we get out of it. Hey, I'm not going to go there. I'm just about the gospel. Well, the gospel radically changes your life and you want to be a voice to those who have a voice. You want to from our borders. I mean, does the Bible have something to say about our borders? Absolutely. And so it, it was meant to be a little jarring to wake people up. Now, granted, we have different callings, different, different giftings. Maybe somebody's not going to be as bold as me. They're going to be more John the beloved than John the Baptist. So we need to respect different callings, different, you know, maybe that's not your wheelhouse. Maybe you're more of a pastor, teacher, loving shepherd, but you're still going to talk about controversial issues. You're still going to warn the flock. And so I think we don't want to be wrongly judgmental. And why aren't you bold and all the time? But at the same time, I think it's real love to tell people the truth. And when you're not telling them the truth, is that really love or is it self-preservation? Is I just don't want to offend. I've got nickels and noses. We've got a million dollar marketing budget. I, I can't let this go. I've got a board of directors, you know, you know, on me that pastor, you better not go. And, and we conform to, to what men want saying, Lord, instead of saying, Lord, I don't want to please men. I want to please you. And, and you just spend time with him. And from that broken, humble, dependent relationship comes the fire of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that unction that's actually going to usher in hopefully another spiritual awakening. That's our only hope right now. Is there any other hope? Is our hope in 2022 or 2024? Absolutely not. We need another spiritual awakening. And those always come through prayer and boldness and talking about the difficult truths of the Bible. They always do. All right. Good stuff there, Pastor Shane Eidelman. We'll be back after the break with more on this topic, balancing boldness and brokenness on the other side of the break. This is Faith versus Culture on the CBN News Channel. Back in a sec. We are back here on this episode of Faith versus Culture. Dan Andros here at Billy Hollowell there. We are joined by Pastor Shane Eidelman. We are talking about boldness and brokenness. How do we balance that as Christians in honestly a world that's just got some insanity going on right now? Basic things should be self-evident, right? Um, and you're having to explain these things. But, you know, picking up on where you were leaving off at the end of the break uh, there, Pastor. And um, I think it's a very true thing that, uh, fear of man is, is such a big thing that people want to, they want to be people pleasers. They don't, they don't think maybe that they're the ones that have the skilled voice, but, but Paul himself described himself as not a great speaker. Moses was terrified to speak and asked God to send somebody with him to do it for him, which God graciously granted him. Um, and so, uh, you know, we don't have to be these big articulate voices, but we do have to be obedient because, and trust. That it's the God, it's the word of God that, that convicts people's hearts when they're confronted with their sin. You, you don't have to do it in a fancy way. They're going to see that the spirit will convict their heart. And I think we forget that sometimes we think it's up to us. And then we think that we have to be the ones to save everything. We have to be obedient to God's call and to, and to share his word, but it is God who will do the rest. Is that? Does that track with oh, you? Ab absolutely. Lot, absolutely. Because as I think Billy, you alluded to right at the beginning was being filled with the Holy Spirit, the reliance on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit convicting, drawing. And basically it's like, Lord, I'm just going to do what you've called me to do. The results are up to you. But that's a good reminder to everyone else. You plus God is the majority. 
So just, you don't, I can't make a difference here in my little area. Yes, you can. You can influence your street. You can influence your neighborhood. You can be an intercessor, influence your family, even on your social media feeds. You only got a couple hundred friends on Facebook and say, hey, I love you, but I thoroughly disagree. Here's what the Bible says. They're not going to agree, of course, but you can, you can be that light and watch what, watch what God will do. And Billy, you probably heard this when I explained it briefly on that panel is that in 2008, I was working in construction. You know, I come from a, just a hard working construction background, no voice, nothing. N- public speaking, no way. That's down there with getting a root canal, root canal. Uh, and then, um, but I went to this event where I heard about partial birth abortion and I began to just weep at night and say, Lord, if you'll give me a voice, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And then from that, that's where God really just this desire and this boldness and time with him, getting up early in the morning for a few hours, spending that time with God. And then from that, that reservoir, from that time with God, the prayer closet, the prayer closet becomes a power closet. And so that's where we come. That's where the boldness comes from and the brokenness. And that's how you change lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. So angry tirades aren't going to you're just you're just rallying the troops. You know, you're just preaching to the choir. But to really get to the heart of people, they'll see your brokenness and your humility, but also, you know, speaking the truth and love. So, no, you're, to answer your question, God can use and often uses the least likely. Think about it. Moses couldn't speak well. Uh, Paul couldn't speak well. I barely graduated high school. I didn't. I've, you know, learning disabilities, dyslexia. It's it's I have to just rely on God and God alone. Uh, but there's something contagious about boldness. And when God fills you with the spirit, you love people. But because you love people, you're also going to point out what is wrong. You know, we, let's, for example, with, with the LGBTQ community and the suicide rate as an epidemic. The reason is, though, because we're not offering them hope. Changing gender isn't going to fill the gap, fill the void, offering them hope in Christ and redemption. That's where the hope comes from. So, see, I, I love them enough to tell them the truth. And so speaking the truth in love is always coming from that place of brokenness and humility and time spent with God. Yeah, you know, the word broke, you know, brokenness, it, it gets a bad rap, as I was saying before. And obviously, there are, you know, we use it in different contexts. But in the Christian context, the full understanding of submitting yourself to Christ, realizing you're accountable to a higher power, realizing and recognizing that it's God's standards and not our own that matter most. That's brokenness. I don't know if you want to add to that definition at all. Yeah. But in addition I'd, to that, once you do, just tell I'd us your to. own journey. I'd love yeah. to hear your own journey of brokenness. Well, and this will this will help. I think this will really help people because you're right. In America, it's about American pride, right? American pride. Humility is a liability, not an asset. But in God's kingdom, it's reversed. Brokenness to me is when God breaks me in order to rebuild me. So once he breaks me, What's that song? That worship song. Out of the ashes, I will arise. You know, because God is re- so God breaks me. He breaks the heart, an arrogant heart, the pride, and now He says, "Now I can use Shane Eidelman. Now I can use who's ever listening. Now I can take the brokenness and rebuild it stronger, much stronger than what it was." And so, my journey, in a nutshell, you know, people can obviously watch my testimony on on my YouTube channel and different things, but um, just w- walked away from God at 16, 17, 18, and just the party lifestyle uh, was into, into uh, steroids and the party life and wanting to bodybuild and self-image and then um, started work for 24-hour fitness, became a, a district manager with 24-hour fitness, multiple clubs, multiple uh, personnel underneath me. But I was empty and God just began to take this away and take this away, a broken marriage, a broken life, depression, and just 
in just complete brokenness one morning cried out to him and said, God, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I, I'm, I'm breaking under your, the hammer of, of God. And, and that day was amazing because that's when I was emptied of, uh, of self to be filled with the spirit. And so the boldness we hear today is a direct result of that filling of the Holy Spirit when I fully surrendered my life in 1999. That, that was the turning point. But God had to keep breaking me. Okay, tough guy, let me remove this. Okay, let this happen to you. Let, and just, just keep breaking and breaking the hammer of God. Is, is a wonderful thing. And that's why the word of God is called the hammer of God. Is, uh, is not my word like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? Is not my word like a fire that devours? My word is a sword that cuts. And so it's in that breaking process that now we can be rebuilt and used by God. Because uh, although we're not perfect, of course, we get a lot of that pride out of us. You know, my way or the highway, this is how I want to do things. God removes that from us and then begins to direct us by his, his will and his spirit. Yeah, the more the more I read the Bible, the more and more I'm convinced that pride is like the root of every sin. I mean, you, and you look and that's the one God wants to rid us of. I mean, you look at, you know, the Old Testament in Israel over and over and over again. What is the big mistake they make? You know, they're, they're, I mean, there's a lot of mistakes in there, but the main one is they place their hope, their faith, their trust, they what they think their strength is in, in something other than God. And God's like, OK, I'm going to show you then. I think that is a very um little focused on aspect of the Christian walk in our, in our culture today. And when think about this, you know, without naming names or churches, but the last 10 mega ministries that have fallen over the last few years, it's all because of pride. And I can tell you, I don't think God's done judging yet. You know, there's there, that pride is deadly. It's damning. Um, and it will, and, and you can tell if you look, look at the top names in Christianity today on YouTube, watch your sermons. The majority are not preaching the real gospel. Uh, because it's, it's, it's tickling the ears. Now, I, I don't know where they're at. Maybe, you know, I, I, I can't judge it all, but you can see there's this drift away from, I don't want to upset man. I don't want to upset, uh, offend men, but have we ever stopped to consider that we might be offending God? That's, that's the biggie. And so I think that's, we're seeing a lot of the fruit of that. Well, yeah. And as we look towards revival, right, which is something that we desperately want and need as a culture, what role does boldness play? in that and bringing that about well the the, the funny thing about right revival i mean i've i've loved revival i've i've been studying it probably 20 years and welsh revival 1700s 1800s duncan campbell and new hebrides in america and and just the bible of course and the consistent theme is before boldness comes there's brokenness all revivals are ushered in spiritual awakenings it's not weirdness it's god reviving his people all of them are preceded by times of prayer and fasting and brokenness as God's people are desperate, crying out to God. Oh, God, would you rend the heavens? Come down and visit your people, Isaiah. Oh, God, there's a desperation through prayer and fasting and they're pressing in, they're pushing from that brokenness. God says, I will revive that group of people. I will bring a spiritual awakening to those Greek people that are hungry and looking out for my name, my glory, my truth. And from that, then what becomes the boldness, the boldness is an outflowing of, of that, of the, the revival atmosphere. Uh, I mean, we can be bold and like, you know, some churches think the louder they are, the more prayer meetings they have, or we're going to have meetings every night. And that's called, that's not revival. Revival is God awakening his people. And it comes first and it might take a while. I mean, it's, it's, it can be months, if not years of pressing in and pressing in, but there are seasons of, 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 of 
times where God would revive his church. We're seeing that at Westside Christian Fellowship, not on a national level, but uh, just the things have been happening. We're going to be having church again every night of the week, beginning on, on Halloween night. Um, every night of the week, we just meet and we just worship God and the, and what the things that take place. We do that every quarter, just about. And, uh, mornings, we have Sunday mornings. We just open the church at 6 a.m. You can have 30 people to 80 people at 6 a.m. Families being restored, demonic realm being crushed. And so we see that glimpse, but it always starts with prayer and brokenness and humility. God, here I am. Use me. Prayer, brokenness, and humility. Great way to end there. Pastor Shane Eidelman, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Great to be here, guys, and and thank you for all you do as well. We're getting that word out. If you've enjoyed this episode of Eidelman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.